My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100 or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Matthew 17, 14. I want to speak to your heart today. Something that we need to pay attention to as the church, as the people of God in this hour. Because I believe that God has chosen us and matched us with this generation with all of its challenges and difficulties and adversities. God has matched us with this generation. I want to be sure that I'm the kind of disciple that I need to be to activate all the covenant promises and blessings, covenant privileges that Jesus has made available. Because just because he's made a covenant and he's faithful and he's true does not mean that I'm the kind of disciple that can activate those things. And I want to activate. I want it to be so active in this place that it cannot fail. For God cannot fail. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him saying, Lord, have mercy on my son for he's a lunatic and sore vexed. Sometimes you think your kids are lunatics, don't you? For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I, here it is. I brought him to your disciples. But they couldn't cure him. They couldn't do it. And Jesus had just given them authority to do the very thing they couldn't do. Just commissioned them and given them authority to do exactly what they could not do. So where was the breakdown? It wasn't in the word of the, of the Lord for sure. So where's the breakdown? And we need to discover that. And then, of course, Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and how long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Oh, church, and I thank God for everybody who's in the sanctuary today. I thank you for coming to church. I hope you are blessed. But if we don't get you to Jesus, there is no cure. Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil. He departed out of him. The, cho the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as the grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. The church, we the church, cannot afford to fail in this hour. We're in a desperate hour. 
And I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, we cannot afford to fail. We need to stay true to holiness. We need to stay true to the message of the new birth. We need to stay true to the oneness of God. We need to stay true to the values that even our culture is doing everything they can to destroy. But I say, church, let us rise up and believe that the cure is still just as real and powerful as in this story today, right now. Right now, that cure is available. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe that it is important and vital that the church awaken to her tremendous impact and effect on the world around us. We may not even realize the kind of impact and influence that we have, and yet we do. We are not powerless. I said we're not powerless. We have the authority that Jesus gave to the apostles and to the disciples, to the 70, to impact and affect our generation. We do have a cure. The Holy Ghost still works. Baptism in Jesus' name is everything the Bible says it is. Walking with God. Can anybody agree with this, that walking with God and serving Jesus Christ is the best possible life on this planet? There is nothing like being a true blue apostolic Jesus name on fire for God. Is anybody glad you're still on fire for God after all of these years? Do you still have a fire burning in the furnace of your heart? Now you think about how bad this world is right now and you can think of all of the things that are going on and and we are still the stabilizing force. And just think about it. If the church was taken out and the church was removed from the scene, what kind of earth that this would be and what kind of trouble would come upon the earth. And think of the trouble that is here now. And we are the very force that's holding it back. You don't realize how important you are. You don't realize how vital you are. You don't realize, well, Brother Kinsey, I don't feel specifically powerful. Do you serve the Lord? Do you command and speak faith in the Holy Ghost? Do you believe that you've got the Holy Ghost? Do you speak in tongues? If you do any of these things and all of these things, I promise you, even though the earthly institutions do not recognize our influence, it is real and it is powerful. So when you walk in here and worship God when you're down, when you walk in here and worship God when you've got adversity in your life, you are a powerful testimony and force and the enemy don't know what to do with you because he's thrown his worst. I talked to Kara this morning and she said, Brother Kinsey, pray for me. The Lord's going to be with me and he's going to help me every time you can do that when it seems like tragedies all around. There is so in that. There is light in that. There is power in that. 
Don't tell me you don't matter. Don't tell me you're not vital. Don't tell me your praise is not important. Every time you walk through those doors, hell shakes because a child of God just came to church. You don't have to be super spiritual. You just got to show up and act like you care. Micah 5, 7 gives us understanding of this. He said, the remnant of Jacob, even though it's small, a remnant is something small, something that's been reduced, even though there are a few of us and we're in the minority. They shall be in the midst of many people as they do from the Lord and the showers upon the grass. And it tarrieth not from man, nor waiteth for the sons of men, giving us the understanding that when we are who we say we are, then we are like the dew among many people, even though we're in the minority. Well, I'm the only one, and then we feel like we're the victim. No, you are the champion. Because you, the only one in your family, the only one on your job, the only one anywhere, doesn't matter because you've got influence and effect by your testimony and the light of the gospel that shines in your heart. And it doesn't wait for the sons of men. They don't have to call for it. They don't have to ask for it. You just show up and it's there. They have no say-so in the matter. I said they have no say-so in the matter. The fact that the church is here, why do you think they do everything they can to humiliate a minority? We are a minority, and they do everything they can to humiliate, intimidate, and put down and mock the church. Why? Because we're stopping the Antichrist. We're hindering the one-world government. They don't understand how this little group here has such influence when we're not waving any signs. We're not marching on Washington, but we're praying at call to war and we're worshiping on Sunday morning and we're worshiping on Sunday night. Those of you that actually come, hallelujah, I love you. Praise God. But we're worshiping here on Sunday night. And I'm going to tell you that it's powerful. It's more than you think it is. It's greater than you think it is. And just because they don't acknowledge it doesn't mean there's not an effect. The Bible says you're the salt of the earth in Matthew 5, 13. And then he says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. There's salt in what you're doing. There's light in what you're doing. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. I mean, you can't hide who you are. Try to do that. Try to talk in tongues and, and be spiritual and see if you can hide who you are to this world. You can't hide. You can run, but you can't hide. You are an apostolic. I'm telling you, apostolic people are, have an impact on the world. And, and I just might as well add, we are the cure for the world's diseases. Because I'm preaching to people here this morning that have gone through some stuff. And with Kara crying on the phone this morning because of the tragedy that has, to, that has swept into her family. I'm going to tell you it'll break your heart. But she's the cure for the world's diseases. Because she says I'm not backing up and I'm not going to change. And I'm going to keep my testimony. And I'm going to stand for Jesus. Come on church. We need to be the church. Quit 
mealy-mouthing around like we haven't got any power. Stand up and be who you are. Worship and be who you are. Be the church. I said, choir, be the church. Be an apostolic one God. God can do anything, believer. God's a creator of the heavens and the earth. Why don't you stand up in the face of injustice and say, it's not going to stop me. Why don't you stand up in the face of defeat and say, it's not going to keep me from winning because I've got Jesus on my side. Now, here's how powerful you are according to Jesus. Luke 9 and 1, he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all. All. We have a saying here. The word all in the Greek means? There you go. You're scholars indeed. All devils. And to cure diseases. Now we're given authority over cities to use their talents to bring this dew, this salt, this light, and to cure them. Now Luke 19, 17. And he said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, I have given you authority over 10 cities. Do you realize that there are churches that have authority over 10 cities? Wow. I mean, we have authority in Pensacola. We have authority in Pensacola. The world, they don't have a cure. Just look at the coronavirus, whether it's uh, whatever it is. They don't have much of a cure for it. No light, no salt. And whether it's a perpetuation of the media's desire to spin fear into the hearts of people so that they can command and manipulate people's decisions and ideas, I don't know. But I do know this. They are no match for Jesus and his cure for the world. They don't have any light, they're in darkness. They don't have any salt, there's no dew. And without your worship and godly life, there is nothing that will grow in this earth and nothing will be accomplished. But I'm so thankful that I belong to a church that has that authority given to us. You don't have that authority by a presumption from a preacher in a modern pulpit. You've got that authority from the mouth of Jesus Christ. That was not just given to the 12. That was given to the 70. And that 70 has grown into this congregation and other congregations as well. And that cure is still just as real. You can be healed right now. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost in this service. You can be saved in this place. Woo! Hallelujah! But the disciples couldn't cure him. Even though the, the man brought his child to the disciples, they couldn't do it. They failed. Now, that didn't stop Jesus. Jesus was being transfigured. If you know the text and you know the history and the chronological order of things, 
Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration being transfigured at that moment that they failed. So your failure doesn't affect his glory. <laughs> never has and it never will. So that's what you've got to remember because the glory is still the glory. Regardless of who leaves, who goes, who dies, or whatever happens within the congregation doesn't make any difference. Jesus is still going to be glorified. Now, that might not be a comforting thought to you, but when you have the right perspective and understand how this works, the glory of God is very important because that is where the cure comes from. It does not come, I said it does not come from St. Louis. It, that's the headquarters of the United Pentecostal Church. It does not come from Ocala, which is the headquarters for the Florida District United Pentecostal Church. It comes from, directly from, Jesus Christ himself. I said, my Jesus, oh, I feel something happening right now in this place. Uh, if God's glory is in this house, there is nothing that can stop you from being cured. There is nothing that can stop you from becoming right with God. You were a sinner when you walked in here, but one touch of the blood of Jesus Christ administered by repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name and every sin that you've ever committed will be washed away in an instant. I'm talking about a cure. I'm talking about a cure that has a heavenly reward. Your failure does not diminish the Lord's glory, nor is it going to stop the transfiguration. Jesus is going to be revealed in the world, and I want to be the kind of disciple that reveals him. I want to be, the kind, I, I want to be a part of it. Now, maybe you don't want to be a part of it, but we're channels of the glory of God, and I want to be a part of it. That's why every time I walk into the house of God, I'm not going to allow my emotional state at the moment of whatever I'm going through to dictate to me what God is able to do if his glory shows up. One of the greatest things about the glory of God is that he has provided a cure for the human dilemma, which is we were born and shaped in iniquity and God's not going to allow any sin to enter there. And so therefore there's a problem and that sin problem is real, but God has given us authority and he has, and there's going to be resistance to that when we try to reach out to people to change their life. The devil's going to fight that, but he has given us authority over all devils. There is not one single devil in hell that is exempt from that authority. That authority comes straight from the throne of God. So if there's a devil bothering you, you take authority over it right now in the name of Jesus. Say, devil, take your hands off my family. Take I, depression, get out of my life. Uh, despair, I, oppression, I'm not going to take you anymore. Sickness, disease, I command you to leave this place in the name of Jesus uh, and I want to see somebody on fire. I want to see somebody that knows the glory of God. I've been on the mountaintop and I've seen the glory of God and that glory is still just as real today as it has ever been. The, giving the church power and authority. Now, 
I, I, I was intrigued by this word cure because it's not used anywhere except Luke. You expect Luke because he was a physician. You would expect them to use the word healed and not cured because it's a different word. And the word cure is unique because it comes from a Greek word, therapuo, which we get our word therapy from, which means to wait upon a master, to wait upon them until you hear from them. It can actually mean worship. It, it not only has a cause where there is a healing or that there is a supernatural event that takes place, but it also produces adoration, reverence. There's an effect. Here's the cause and here's the effect. Jesus has been good, so I worship him. That's therapy. Y'all didn't realize it, but you're in therapy this morning. You say, what do you mean? If you've been cured, then you not only have the cause, you also have the effect. And when you choose to allow the gospel to affect you, and you've been saved. How many of you have been saved by the blood of the lamb? How many of you have been washed? How many of you have been cured? How many of you have been helped? Now, how many of you worship as a result of that? How many of you are thankful for that? How many of you have a spirit of gratitude about that? of you can say in this service, I love Jesus with all of my heart. Church, I want miracles, but I don't want just the cause. I don't want just the cause. I want the effect. I want people to worship. I want people to love Jesus. I want them to be brought to him, brought to him. There's no quick fix here. There's no atom, automatic nothing. You need to get into the process. And as you get into the process, God will break every barrier. God will save everyone. God will deliver you. God will bring you out. Quit waiting on an automatic something and just a snap of your finger and some kind of a microwave deal. Why don't you walk in here and say, I know who Jesus is, and if it takes me a lifetime, I'm going to find out all the things I can about his glory. Now, I just want you to know I'm in this for the everyday. Now, why couldn't the disciples cast out the enemy? when they had been given authority, why couldn't they activate it? There's several reasons, and you have to know the chronological order of events that surrounded this to give you an understanding of why they couldn't do it. First of all, Peter, James, and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, and they saw Moses and Elijah, and they were talking to Jesus about his crucifixion and about Calvary. And of course, that was a pretty supernatural event, I would say, pretty cool. And so Simon Peter, he's brilliant, you know, he really is, fisherman, but brilliant. He said, I'm gonna, we need to make several tabernacles here, and we need to build these tabernacles so that uh, we can memorialize and remember this moment. We, we, need, we need a memorial up here on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus immediately realized, and of course the voice of the Lord spoke and splintered their dream, 
and, and Simon Peter's. How many of you ever get a brilliant idea and then God just smashes it? Am I the only one that gets brilliant ideas and then God just smashes it? Well, that's exactly what happened. God said, no, Jesus is here. You listen to him and you quit all this other nonsense. Here's the deal, church. You cannot memorialize the past and be a cure in the present. It cannot be done. Because you don't need a yesterday God. You need a today God. Well, I felt him 30 years ago. That's not going to help you now when the sick walk in and they need a cure today. They need an apostolic church that still holds true to the message and the word of God. Everybody here needs to worship Jesus. We're not worshiping Pentecostalism. We're not worshiping our culture. We're not worshiping a religion. We are here to worship the one true God and his name is Jesus. The past is a great thing and I love it, but that's not enough to get me through today. You need a move of the Holy Ghost right now. You need an up-to-date renewing of the spirit. Second thing they did is at that time they came to Jesus and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Fighting, it's quiet now, over who's the greatest. As long as you're caught up in the shallow waters of who's the best and who you like the most and who's the greatest and that's all you converse about, you have no cure. You couldn't heal the fly of a headache. And you couldn't cast out a toe ache. It's not there. There's no cure in that. Because I'm going to tell you who the greatest is among us. I'll tell you who's the fairest of 10,000 among us. I'll tell you who eclipses all others in his wake who is high and lifted up. And I might add, his train fills the temple. That means that wherever he's praised and wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, he is the greatest. I think the last time I checked, He's the first and he's the last. He's the alpha and he is the omega. He's the beginning and he is the end. He is the almighty God. He which was, which is, and which is to come. Church, don't ever forget it. Don't look for somebody else to cure you. There's only one cure and his name is Jesus. Fall in love with him. Quit trying to hurt people over who's the greatest because it just doesn't really matter. Jesus is the cure. So smile it, about it. And turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? I'm the cure. Here's another thing they did. They couldn't accept the cross. The Bible says, 
And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed in the hands of men. And they're going to kill him, and the third day he's going to rise again. And they were exceeding sorry. Wow. Hmm. Listen, church, if you can't suffer and still praise God, you have no cure. Some of you bear in your cross, and there, I have to bear mine, so we all bear crosses in life, but I, will, I promise you, everybody here's got a bear cross. Anybody here got a bear cross? Everybody here's got sorrow in your life that God has not alleviated yet. Huh? Everybody here's got a cross to bear. But if you're just going to just sit there and not praise God because you've got a cross to bear or you've got sorrow in your life, then you don't have a cure. There's nothing, there's nothing there. That you might have the authority to activate it, but it's not active because you don't have a cure. You've got to be able to go through stuff. If you can't go through stuff and still praise God and still be joyful that you're in the church. Brother Kenzie, you don't know what I've been through. I may not know what you've been through, but I know who Jesus is. And he's still the cure. And whatever you're going through, it's not bigger than my God and it's not greater than my King and it's not greater than my blessing. It's not. And church, if we don't get this revelation, we're going to fail this generation. We got to quit talking about who's the greatest. You got to quit talking about all that nonsense and memorializing the past and telling me how you used to shout 30 years ago. You need to get your shout today. You need to get, you didn't mature past the point where you can come to call to war and war with us in the Holy Ghost. You're not that spiritual. If you're going to be the cure for today, you need an up-to-date right now. I might be going through it, but I still serve a mighty God. Brother, get Jesus has never failed me, not one single time. Well, I'm not the worshiping type. Well, clap your hands anyway if you're not the worshiping. Well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. God's been good to you. God has seen you through every trial. He's brought you through every circumstance. We are the cure. And I want to be the church. Now here's another thing. It's going to get quieter. Because Simon Peter was being questioned by the Pharisees and he was under pressure. Does your master pay taxes? And he said, sure does. Try to get the pressure off of him. And he spoke for Jesus without asking Jesus first. And we got a lot of people speaking for God that haven't even talked to him. And you can't activate a cure by speaking for God when you haven't been talking to God. Now, the fact that he guessed it right 
Jesus pays taxes. That's what the book says. He said, as a matter of fact, I do pay taxes. Why don't you go take the fish that first cometh and the money that's in the fish's mouth, you take that, pay yours and pay mine, and I'll pay both of ours. Isn't that cool? Jesus is just like that, isn't it? And all of our fishermen say, yeah, go fish. Hallelujah. Well, I want some money up out that fish's mouth, okay? All right. Well, they, they, got, it, they got it taken care of. And, and of course, he guessed it right. But just because you guess it right doesn't mean you activate the authority of the Lord. Some of you need to quit guessing about it and get on your face and get a dedication and hear from the Lord and only speak when God tells you to speak. Can I get a witness in the house? Quit telling me you've heard from God when you're just feeling the, the pain of your emotion because that's not going to cure anybody. My opinion doesn't cure anybody. But this book, I said this book, this word will cure everything, every ill in this world, every bad habit, every sin that this world can come up with. This book can counter it with the power of the blood, the word, the name, and the spirit. Now, let's get back to this therapy because it's important that we learn how to cure people because some people aren't going to be cured automatically. And you're going to have to give them a space of time to be able to allow God permission to work his restoration and you can't get impatient with the process. Some people are going to come one or two times and say we're the craziest bunch and walk out and not come for six months again. But when they come back, we're still with our arms outstretched to them. When they get into trouble and they got a situation they can't handle on their own, then God comes in and he steps in and begins to minister to them. And then all of a sudden they start on the process. Maybe they still have bad habits, but we're still going to be patient with them until they are healed, cured completely. At least we're moving in the right direction. That's how God said, I'm going to give you the, the Canaan land. He said, I'm going to give it to you little by little. I will drive them out until thou be increased. God's going to, well, I remember when I got it. Yeah, you remember when you got it and you still struggled. You just have forgotten how much you struggle. And some of you have had it for 50 years and you're still struggling. Because life is a struggle. Until you make it to heaven, there's always going to be a struggle. But I say, God, I want the process to have enough time to complete its work of restoration in people's lives. I believe in restoration and reconciliation, and sometimes it's not always an exact science. But thank God, I'm still going to trust in the Lord, and he's never failed me, not one single time, and he's not going to fail us now. 
Church, it's time to lay down our unbelief and put your faith in the only thing that's going to work. Bring them to Jesus. I said bring them not to the church, not to the pulpit, not to the choir, but to Jesus and let Jesus work a miracle. I know Pentecostal culture, I was raised in it, but our culture is killing our power and we need to change our culture and get back to the book. I understand we got to talk about who's the greatest and who's the best, but you better get that mess out of your vocabulary and start praising the one who can make a difference. Uh, Jesus can do more in five seconds uh, than your favorite preacher can do in a hundred years. I don't care if he preached his best message ever. He's not God and he's not the cure by himself, uh, but with Jesus. I know I'm hurting your feelings. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you right now, you need to pick up your cross and you need to carry it with honor and dignity and poise. And you need to do it with worship. You don't know the cross I bear. Come on, church, get your cross and say, I'm going to carry it and I'm going to worship him until the day I die. And there's not going to be a moment in time We cannot afford to fail. We got too many kids counting on us. I got too many people weighing in their minds the decision right now of whether to really serve the Lord or not. We must be the cure. And here's the good news. We've got You say, but I'm offended, brother kids. Somebody hurt my feelings. I was, uh, Ian, how old are you? 17. Well, I was 15. And they slaughtered my feelings. They took it to an auction block and auctioned it out and took an ax to it and chopped it up in little pieces and then put it in a grinder and turned it into hamburger. You say, well, what did you do? I got my grill and I got a bunch of coals, and I decided to make hamburger meat out of it. Instead of whining about it, I decided I was gonna serve the Lord. Put the, put the clock forward about 35 years, and the same people that put me on the auction block said, would you come be our pastor? It changes when you learn how to bear your cross and worship God anyway. Come on, young people, you can do this. You can come out of your trial. You can come, well, I don't trust anybody. That's an internal problem, not everybody else. You gotta change what you are on the inside, come on. You're a disciple of Jesus. I challenge you this morning to stand to your feet and say, I'm going to be a worshiper no matter the cross I have to bear. I'm going to be a praiser no matter what. I'm going to let not just the cause, but the effect 
I'm going to have, let it have its way. And Brother Wilson, I've been working on me for 800 years. 800 years. Mm. And guess what? I'm still working on me. God woke me up last night and started working on me. And all I could do was cry and pray all this morning. That's all I could do is just cry and pray. God's still working on me. He's not finished. Why? Because I'm not translated yet. I still got flesh hanging on my bones. I still got all of you I got to put up with. I, no wonder I'm crying. Praise. <laughs> oh, God, help me. I can't cure people by myself. But I got a Jesus that can cure everything. We have to get this correction. This is the correct thinking. This is the right way to think. This will produce the power and release the cure that you already have in Jesus Christ. Or it will shut it down. Either way, your choice. But we cannot afford. And may I say, and I believe that I have probably the vast majority of you that will say it with me. I will not fail in this hour. Yeah. Not going to do it. So I don't care what your problem is. Jesus has the cure. I don't care what burden you have. Jesus has the cure. There are saints in this place that have borne unbelievable crosses in their life. I'm talking about unreal stuff. Go ahead, speak it. Holy Ghost, speak to us right now. I'm just waiting on an interpretation if somebody's got it. Because the Holy Ghost is moving in this place and God is speaking to you. I know you have a cross. I'm not, I'm not denying the cross. Matter of fact, you can't deny the cross. That's the point. You've got to accept that the cross is a part of this. And if you don't want any suffering, you can't handle any suffering and sorrow then the cure don't work. But this cure works because I'm, I'm looking at some saints that have gone through some horrible stuff and you're still here and you're still praising the Lord and you're still loving Jesus. Don't tell me that doesn't have influence in heaven and in hell and on the earth as well. It's got influence everywhere. Ha ha ya that's it right there come on church seeking with all your heart God I need a today experience I need a right now Holy Ghost I need an on time God 
and every present help in the time of trouble. Oh, somebody seek the Lord. Somebody seek the Lord. Somebody say, we're not going to fail. We cannot afford to fail. We cannot. We have the cure. It might be a process instead of an immediate, but I'll take process. I'll take it however God wants to impart it to us. But I'm willing to pick up the cross. I'm willing to stop talking about who's the greatest. I'm willing. If you need a cure and you need a touch from God, I want you to step out by faith and walk up here to the front. Say, Brother Kinsey, I need a cure. I need a healing. I need a touch from God. God is able. God is able to minister to you. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.